my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. So today, I'm going to start out hearing your beefs with me in our weekly Clark Stink segment. Many people's and my favorite podcast (laughs) each week. And later, saving for a down payment on a home is so, so hard. I'm going to talk about how families are pitching in so often to help adult children be able to take that step into their first home. But without further ado, it is time for Clark Stinks. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Okay. While I enjoy your show and your generally sage advice, I was shocked when you were discussing your high AC costs and attributed it to your son's need for cold temperatures. As a person who preaches frugality, have you not passed this on to your children? Unless, of course, he has a medical problem that requires such low temperatures in an age of global warming, this would be unacceptable to me. Definitely not smelling like a rose, Turney. Tony, thank you. This is something I've had a number of conversations with my son about. He is running a fan. I talked about the advantage of fans. He's running a high-powered fan, and he just says he cannot sleep unless it's like an iceberg in his room. And as I've said to him, when he starts paying the bills himself, he will learn to adapt and not have it so low. Maybe or maybe he will adapt on other things because you, you know, you want to spend money on things that are important, especially getting a good night's sleep, I think is really important. And you have passed on great money values to all of your kids. You and Lane both have. So I just. Why are that. you defending me? Because, you know. Okay. Love the show and all you do, but you smell like your beloved Atlanta Falcon socks after a day of training camp. All right. So I got to interrupt you because the funniest Falcon story is when I used to do local radio and the station I was on was the broadcast home of the Falcons and we'd broadcast from training camp. And one day I asked the then head coach if I could do um, workouts with them one day. And he looked at me and he said, no. <laughs> and then I watched him, you know, cause they don't do as much contact drill in training camp. I watched him as I was broadcasting. I was like, what a stupid question. Because I would have been carted away in the meat wagon. I would have never survived that. Okay, enough about me. Go ahead. Okay. You said there's a bunch of phony baloney marketing of gadgets that are miracle gadgets that lower your energy bill to nothing that don't exist. Well, there is. It's called solar panels. We got ours installed a few years ago and currently have a credit for our electric bill. I've converted most of our appliances to electric and I'm working on getting a battery backup because we have to turn our solar panels off during power outages. I got an energy audit from the power company to tell me how and what I can do to make my house more energy efficient. Keep on practicing, Mr. Howard, Dan. Oh, Mr. Howard, Dan. Okay, so... Yes. So we have a home. I've had solar panels on since 2009. Several months of the year, we got a negative power bill. And in months we have a power bill, it is incredibly tiny. 
I love solar panels. Sometimes they work out for people. Sometimes the math doesn't. But I have loved having them. But definitely not a cheap as seen on TV gadget. Definitely not. It's a lot of money up front. Clark, on a recent podcast, you talked about free and affordable education that was available. You should really use different words as nothing is free. Someone is paying the bills. A better choice of words is no cost to you education, Dwayne. Dwayne, that is a very valid point. Somebody's paying the bills for you to have a free education. Clark, your recommendation of TextNow stinks. I tried to sign up my mother for this free wireless service, and it was a disaster. My 82-year-old mother is like you. Cheap as the summer day is long. She pays for wireless service through some antiquated service where she pays for blocks of time and has to call them to reload the minutes. She won't even turn her flip phone on unless she's using it. So I thought I'd give her my old iPhone and get her set up with a modern service so I could reach her and vice versa when she's traveling. I helped her try to buy a SIM card on their website using her AOL email that's another oh, no. story and her credit card the transaction wouldn't go through after trying a couple of times there was no way to call or email the company so we had to use the chat on their website when i say we i actually mean me because my mother wouldn't have known how to do that the chat agent said the transaction was rejected and when we asked why they said they couldn't tell us for privacy reasons what the agent said use another email address and try again Needless to say, my mother wasn't about to open another email account for these people without knowing why the SIM card order was rejected. That was the end of the attempt to bring her into the 21st century. Text now stinks, and so do you, Clark, for recommending them. Jeffrey. Jeffrey, thank you. All right, so you may remember when I talked about text now on the podcast, I said I was going to try it and report back what the experience was like. So I go on the text now, set up the account, order the SIM, the SIM card shows up, and then I try to activate it, and it said my account was rejected for violation of terms of service. Okay. And so then, you know, you can appeal. So I sent that in. Crickets, crickets, crickets. It's been three weeks. Have not heard a word from anyone at TextNow. So I have to tell you, I had a similar customer no service experience. All I was trying to do was see what the service was like, where they offer you unlimited talk and text for free. I was never able to find out. <laughs> okay. There was a question about how to get a bunch of cash back from credit cards. Clark and his travel henchwoman quickly devolved into a travel-related babble. The more correct answer is the road to credit card cash is a long journey, an individual journey for all. The best cashback offers come from welcome bonuses where new cards are given huge payouts, 10, 20 to 40%. But in applying for a $200 cash from $500 spend, you immediately begin to burn up your resources, namely time, spend, and the holy credit score. You also start to run into bank policies where you can only get one card in a week, two in a month, or only five cards in 24 months. So the caller needs to look at the long game, balancing his normal monthly spending with the largest payback over time, annual fees, changing offers, percentage back, how many hoops, and willingness to work with the evil mega banks. Jeff. Jeff, thank you. So yeah, the simplest answer is my go-to, which is a very simple 2% cashback card. And 2% cashback cards come with no annual fee, and you just simply use them, and you get back 2% cash. How you 
get to your cash varies from card to card, but it is the simplest, cleanest way for people who pay their balances in full to use credit cards. As your travel henchwoman, though, I will say Jeff, Jeff is right. And you, there are groups, like I'm in one on Facebook, where people talk about reward cards and specifically travel reward cards and their strategies. So it is an oh, individual uh, thing. It's, it's a part-time obsession for people with the big three, which is the American Express Platinum, the Chase Sapphire Reserve, mm-hmm. and the Capital One Venture Rewards X. That those three cards for people who travel all the time, there's a lot of gamesmanship involved with them. Clark, you don't stink, but I think you gave some stinktastically incomplete advice re- wow. recently when someone asked you about linking their credit card for one of the airline dining programs. By the way, we got so many of this similar uh, response okay. to this. You discouraged it based on the valuation of points and some comparison to dining percent back they could get with credit cards. Perhaps I'm confused or misunderstand, but with these programs, aren't you getting any cash back from your credit card and getting the airline points. I thought you'd love the double dip. Also, the most important reason for me to use the dining program is because it's a way to extend the expiration date on any airline points you have. If you aren't actively flying, the dining program is an easy way to keep extending that points expiration. Tony. Tony, thank you. You and everyone else, including someone who stopped me to tell me why I missed the boat on this. You're all right. I was wrong. Someone wrote in asking about their daughter's art commissions and investing into a Roth IRA. You said in this case to just report the income and not the expenses like paints, canvas, etc. I'm a CPA and I wanted to let you know that that is technically illegal. You're required to report all income and expenses. This is important because sometimes people omit expense in order to show a higher income to qualify for loans or get credits like the EIC that they shouldn't actually be eligible for, Matthew. Matthew, thank you. I don't recall that instance, but you're 100% right that it's net revenue from a business venture for anyone that is the amount that makes you eligible for the Roth. Your cell phone advice smells like my daughter's phone she dropped into the toilet. A woman asked you about GPS in Portugal. They ask about using car rental GPS or your phone. Your answer was check with your provider or buy a SIM in the country. We spent three weeks in Europe, including Croatia and Montenegro. Before the trip, I downloaded local area maps. In Europe, I turned on my airplane mode and used my downloaded maps. The only regret was Google Travel did not track my progress, Steve. So, Steve, um, that's fantastic. What you were missing by being in airplane mode was you didn't get live traffic. I was recently driving also in Eastern Europe. It was really important having live traffic because it led to reroutes continually as it would here. So, yes, it is true. You can download maps before you go, have them available to you for free, no cost, but it's like having an old-fashioned GPS that does not give you live traffic. I have a huge, giant, massive problem with you. I, I just listened to you talk about your recent trip to Europe. Several times you screamed about a massive fee, a giant charge, or a huge whatever. How about you just tell us the amount or percent without all the hysterics? We can decide for ourselves if the fee or whatever is too much for us. I'm certain that my definition of massive is not yours, Papa. Papa, thank you. Okay, so I have one more fee that popped up. Lane was using a card that had a foreign currency transaction fee. 
and it was $27 and change that we threw away by using a card that had foreign currency junk fees. And uh, what am I going to do to make up that $27? So you're right. I do speak in these terms like huge and giant and all that. And it would be great if I did give perspective like I just did, $27 and change. I would never recommend Credit Karma as a way to track your credit. I've been trying to create an account for over five years before they were owned by Intuit. Each time I try, I thought my credit confirmant has been thawed. I then go to the website to sign up and it always gets rejected. Any company that's worth its weight should have a way to contact them to resolve issues like this. Only use them if you'll never need customer support, Jay. Jay, thank you. I'm really puzzled if you thawed all three of your credit reports to sign up for Credit Karma why you're being rejected. I'm also puzzled that they have no way for you to actually reach anyone and figure it out with them. But I'm really sorry you're not getting the use of it. I have no explanation for why, if you thawed your credit files, you still got rejected for setting up a credit karma. That's not a complaint I've heard before. It may be happening to other people, and we just haven't heard that. In reference to the College Tables website that you mentioned, facts about each school's demographics, I found College Scorecard to be even better because it actually shows the success of the college in the graduates' outcomes, their salary. You can compare both different majors, biology versus nursing, and different schools, what graduates make with the same degree but from different colleges. I found this to be truly eye-opening and highly influential when deciding where our kids would attend. Katie. Katie, thank you. And did I hit a hot button tangentially to mm-hmm. what you're talking about? When I talked about how someone who goes to a prestigious university or one that's perceived as prestigious but gets a degree that's not in a highly sought after, highly compensated field earns a lot less than somebody who goes to a not prestigious college but gets a degree in a field where earnings are high, I think engineering, computer stuff, anything like that. And gosh, that teed off a lot of people. So the college thing is one that has a lot of emotion attached to it. But your suggestion is not an emotional one, Katie. It's a very valid one. If you go to collegescorecard.ed for U.S. Department of Education.gov, you can compare majors and schools and likely earning power based on real results of people who've gone to those schools and those majors. So I thank you so much for that. And I know a lot of people question the value of a college education, and we cover a lot of content for people who don't want to go to college, but I still believe that my kids benefit from going to college. Maybe not right away and maybe not apparent immediately, but long term, you look at the historical averages, people with a college degree tend to have much lower periods of unemployment and much higher lifetime incomes overall. Coming up ahead, we're going to talk about something that's so hard for someone, regardless of what level of education they complete, buying a first home. I want to talk about where families 
are stepping in to help them? And what's the most effective way to do that? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It used to be that you would reach age 17 or 18 in the United States. Uh, I'd say particularly before 1950, 55. And you then went off on your own to do whatever you were going to do. Today, the involvement of parents in a young person's life goes on for a good while often into uh, adult child's late 20s, very common today. There are a number of ways parents are involved in their kids' lives that they would not have been before. If you go back even prior to maybe year 1990, a child, when he or she went off to somewhere else in the country to do whatever, whether it was education or work or whatever, There'd be limited contact with a parent. Today, one of the things that makes that bond so much stronger and reduces the independence of a parent to a child are the smartphones. The ability for people over FaceTime or WhatsApp or Viber or anything like that to be in continuous contact many times through a day. Uh, It might even be, hey, mom, what was that you put in the recipe for the chocolate chip cookies? You know, whatever it is, that the connection is so much stronger, we stay more connected to our kids' lives. And there's an expectation from parents to kids, kids to parents, that parents will be there to do more for adult children than prior generations. And something I'm asked about a lot is a parent will be trying to help a kid. And when I say kid, it's not an age reflection. It's just their child. Help their child buy a home for the first time. That can lead to a lot of hard feelings. Now, in a lot of families, a parent is not secure enough financially to make the sacrifice to help an adult child buy a home. And I do not advise you to create financial risk and hardship in your life to help an adult child. But today, parents can do a lot of things with the most common is assistance for down payment. And depending on the loan you're taking out, because it takes uh, an adult child typically somewhere maybe 10, 15 years to save up for a big down payment for a home. 
I mean, it's hard with all the other things going on in life. So a parent may help with the down payment. Now, there may be rules that that money has to move into the kid's hands six months before closing on a home or whatever. But if a parent wants to help that way and they can afford to, great. You're giving your son or daughter a leg up on being able to become a first-time home buyer. Parents will also ask me if they should be co-signers. I hate, 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 hate co-signing. Co-signing can be so bad, ugly. You're co-signing because you love your child, but you don't have the resources to help them get into that home. So you put yourself at risk, and if your adult child cannot pay for that home, what happens? Your credit's ruined, their credit's ruined. You become the mirror image. I don't like co-signing for cars, houses, any kind of loan. I hear story after story after story of things blowing up on the person who co-signed. You have all the responsibility, none of the privilege. If that's the bridge you'd have to cross to help your adult child, I strongly advise against co-signing. On the other hand, if you have the resources to be the lender to your child where you are the bank, you need a formal written agreement. The real estate papers need to be done properly by a real estate attorney drawing up that note. It is a proper note against the debt of the home, and that is a valid thing. The IRS, if you want to try to help your son or daughter out with interest rates being so very high now, a family member making a loan, or it can even be a friend, to another for a home, the interest rate you have to charge can be significantly below what market is right now, and the IRS puts out a publication you can find on irs.gov that establishes what the interest rate is you have to charge at that time you execute that loan, and it will be a meaningfully cheaper loan for your child than a marketplace loan. Here's the hard part. As a parent, what would you do if you make that loan for your child and he or she doesn't pay, they don't pay, what are you going to do? That's hard. That's hard. You have to think about that. What would be the consequence, the if-then? Are you going to foreclose on your own kid? But those are the kind of things I want you to think about up front. Krista? David in Texas says, this is regarding secure ways to pay bills. I find that almost all of my bills could be paid by phone. It takes only one to two minutes. It's more secure than paying by mail and probably more secure than paying online. Plus, I don't have to look up passwords or user IDs each time. What do you think? No problem at all. If you want to pay by phone, um, I have no problem with people who pay on the website of an organization, pay direct. Sometimes pay by phone comes with junk fees and paying on an organization's website does not. But as long as you're not paying any junk fees, 
pay by phone is perfect. However, if you're interacting with a human, you always risk that that human could do something with your information. Yeah, but with pay by phone, they're automated systems. Okay. Well, some are not. I've experienced that where you talk to a person and give your credit card number. I've not experienced that before. The only time I've ever done it, I think is the way you're talking about it, David, is that you did one of those automated pay by phone things. Okay. Ron in Massachusetts says, after scouring all the advice on your website, I've decided to make some changes. I have a whole life policy with an insurance company paid for about four years with a cash value of $3,000 and a tax sheltered annuity for about $9,000. I want to discontinue these investments and roll them over into a Roth 401k. Any idea how to accomplish this feat? Right. First, Ron, I'm going to blow your mind, but the company that you are with is a true mutual insurer and by having policies with them you are an owner of the company i would not have advised you up front to do the whole life policy or to do the uh tsa the annuity but now that they're there i'm not sure i want you to bag them both with the whole life policy there's a service you can use called evaluatelifeinsurance.org. It is run by a nonprofit organization, uh, the Consumer Federation of America. You'll pay them a substantial fee to evaluate the policy and tell you clear as day whether this is a policy you should keep or you should dump, or potentially you may have a conversion privilege where you can convert it to a term policy instead of having the whole life. So because this is a mutual insurer, meaning that whatever profit is generated for them by the policy flows back to you, it may be not necessarily once it's already in place and you've already developed this cash value over four years, it may not be a good idea to bag the policy. By the way, evaluatelifeinsurance.org charges 150 for the first 150 is money well spent. On the annuity, that one's tough. It probably has a 175-page contract and would be very hard to have a real sense about whether or not you bought trash or not. You may find that you have lost money on that and there'd be no tax implication necessarily to terminating that and then moving that money into a Roth IRA without doubt that TSA that annuity will have much 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 higher ongoing costs than you doing a Roth IRA with one of the low-cost companies you know my three favorite children Vanguard Schwab Fidelity there are others that get honorable mention in that as well But the whole life policy, because you've been in there four years, maybe that's a keeper, maybe not. That's why I'd have the evaluation done. The annuity, likely you do want to bail on it since you're so new in it. And from Jennifer in Connecticut, just want to say thanks for all the great advice and tell you we do listen. Recently, our child had an ER visit for something very minor. We were there just over an hour and nothing was done except for blood work and speaking to him. 
once we received the bill, I was shocked to see it was for thousands of dollars. Because of you, I immediately called and requested an itemized bill. When that bill came, I reviewed it and called the billing department for the hospital. I got nowhere with them. I asked for a supervisor and was told one would call me. They never did. Of course not. I then called the patient advocate for the hospital. It took weeks of back and forth, but after about a month, I finally got a call from a dispute person in the billing department only because I had involved the patient advocate. Long story short, the hospital had billed us for a level five trauma, the worst kind there is, when it was actually a level one. They resubmitted everything to our insurance, and when we got the new bill, it was hundreds of dollars less. Never, 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 not ever give up. Okay, I love that story of yours so many different ways. And in any way you can avoid, unless it's something that is clearly life and death, don't go to a hospital emergency room. The hospitals play all this, this, uh, all these games with upcoding bills, and hospitals live to milk you and the insurance companies. That's their meaning and purpose in life, at least on the the business side. Obviously, the doctors, nurses, other medical professionals are trying to heal you and save your life. But the hospital business business has become a brutal one that is sucking life out of the U.S. economy, now representing 20% almost of U.S. economic activity. And the medical industry in the United States is creating a direct market disadvantage for us as we compete with other countries because the hospital systems have become such a drag on economic activity in the United States. We spend far more on medical care as a percent of income of any other country on earth without as good of outcomes. So know that it is a danger for your wallet to ever go to a hospital-owned urgent care, hospital-owned, it could be a freestanding urgent care owned by a hospital, a hospital emergency room, if you can at all possible. Again, not life and death. Go to an independent uh, urgent care center. Go to one of those nurse-in-a-box things like CVS has with the Minute Clinic. Go somewhere else other than a hospital emergency room. And hospital bills upcode all the time. And that's why you want that full itemized bill. Because if you think, oh, they're just ripping off the insurance company, who ends up having to pay for that? You and I do. And then the portion billed to you, obviously, coming straight from us. So you didn't take them at their word. And it turned out they were lying. I want to be like Jennifer. She's yeah, awesome. I want to be tough and do not let them wear you down. Fight back, fight back. And you won as you should. But again, if you can avoid the hospital emergency room, do it. Now, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And remember what we're about. You learning ways to save more and spend less and avoid getting ripped off by the hospital or anyone else and know that we serve you around the clock at clark.com 
and ClarkDeals.com. Have a great weekend.